When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I got a great episode for you today. I'm bringing back to the show none other than Justin from Appalachian Intelligence. Now, Ryan and Lance couldn't join us this week. Uh, we were hoping to get everybody together, but it's hard enough to get, you know, one person at a time, much less trying to work three schedules. So me and Justin, we're going to sit down today. We're going to get into uh, a little bit of everything. We're going to catch up with each other. It's been uh about a year since we got to talk, you know, as close to what face-to-face is with Zoom. Uh, We keep up with each other all the time online and, you know, in chat, but we catch up a little bit in person, so to speak, and then we we get into our personal adventures, personal struggles. Uh, Man, it's just so good to catch up with him, and wouldn't you know it, I know we are in different states on um, each with their own adventure. But it seems like they're connected. And there's a hint to that with the name of this episode. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, Me and Justin dig into it. And there's probably going to be a lot more to come um, in a collaborative way in the future. So, God bless. Enjoy the show. If you want to come on the show and uh, share your story, holler at me. It is um, super easy to get a hold of me. Go to the, the bump podcast at gmail.com. Call me on the bump phone. Leave me a text, uh, voicemail, whatever, at 304-812-0553. That's 304-812-0553. Uh, I will get back to you. Just holler at me on there. Um, big things happening. Third anniversary special is coming up very soon. Maybe as soon as a, a week or two from the time this airs. So thank you guys. Three years went by in a flash. Uh, what a roller coaster it's been. Uh, but we went through it together. And I love you guys. And I thank you all for the support, for all the love. Um, As this show has grown and evolved, you guys have just embraced it and made it it better than what I could imagine. So I thank you for that. 
Um, you're just wonderful. It's, it's been a great three years. We'll get into that in a week or two, okay? All right, let's go ahead and bring Justin on and uh, have some fun. All right. You got the record notification? Absolutely got it. All right. Now it's time where we pretend like we haven't been talking for half an hour. And <laughs> I welcome yeah. you to the show. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? Dude, it's going great. Everything is going great. Super busy. Yeah. Super busy. That's not always a bad thing. Uh, you know, I'm busy in in good ways. Spring sports. Yeah, you know, my son plays soccer. My daughter, well, my old my oldest daughter, she's playing softball and running track. My oh, wow. smallest daughter, she's playing T ball, which they coaxed me into coaching. Hmm. So, you know, we're talking <laughs> games or practices every evening throughout the week. And uh I lead a teen ministry, so my Sundays are completely packed, yeah. which dude. It's been awesome. This this team ministry has been a blessing. It's been awesome. I I I know the the audience may or may not be as interested as I am in that, but I am super interested in in team ministry. What, what is that about? Because my my wife's urging me to do something with high school kids because mm-hmm. I where I teach at the school and you know I love these kids, man, and I want to yeah. get the word to them outside of school because I, I already sneak it in school sometimes you know when it comes <laughs> up you know i'm like did you yeah. did you say something about yeah look, let's go you know and i talk i talk about it but what do you do how do you how'd you get into to teen ministry uh well i started i started back to this I, I went to this church it's probably only i don't know two or three miles from where i live from my house and I went there for a few years, you know, one of those things, church hurt, people being people, mm-hmm. to kind of keep drama down and at bay. Uh, we stepped away from that church, and I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I, I felt back. I used everything as an excuse. I was like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't really feel comfortable with this other church. You know, we visited here and there. I don't really – you know, it's not really lining up with, with where I want to be. And, you know, it gets super easy to, to just fall back by the wayside. And, you know, yeah, I still had faith in in Christ and I still, but I wasn't living the way that I needed to be living. You know, I wasn't leading my home the way I needed to be leading my home. So one day my oldest daughter, she just messaged me. And I know this didn't come from me. This is where it shows that, you know, God is the ultimate father, even when, we as fathers are failing. She just sends me a text message. She's out with her mama and papa one day. She well, she actually sent her mommy a text message said, um, I think I need to be saved. Oh, wow. And that was a slap in my face, man. It was like, okay, it's time to get your priorities straight. So anyway, you know, I've always had a heart for, you know, my, my kids at that time were getting into those teenage years. Uh, you know, I've, I've always coached them in, in sports that they play. Uh, so, you know, I've always, you know, I've already had a heart and a relationship with a lot of kids in, in my area that are their same age and coached them, watched them grow up, do all these different things. Yeah. So we started back going to this church um, that we used to go to, it had a new pastor and all this different stuff. We came back into the mix and 
I don't know, man, it was like within a month's time, you know, I was just talking about, you know, how I had a heart for these teenagers because to me, I've always felt like these kids in in their teenage years, they're kind of, they get, they get lost in the mix. Yep. You know, you have these youth programs and children's church and vacation Bible school and all this stuff for the young kids yep, and daycare yeah, and daycare nursery, you know, you have all this stuff and then you have your sermons and your Bible study and your worship that's geared for, you know, adults, people with life experience, people that understand when a preacher's up there making some kind of illustration, it's, it's geared toward the adults. Right. So, I've always felt like teenagers have kind of been in this, they've been lost in, in about, you know, they left by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. So have. I started talking to my wife. I started praying a lot about it. And I said, you know, I think we should start a teen ministry. We should start a ministry to where, you know, we've, we've started doing it once a week now, every Sunday evening, but here's the thing. This, this is my ultimate goal is this to not be a ministry to where these teens are coming in and me ministering to them, which that's a huge portion of it. It has to be right. They have to be fed to go into the community and feed others. Right. But this is a ministry that these teens are ministering to the community or ministering in their schools, in their, you know, workplaces, if they work in there, you know, with the the teams that they play sports with, it's it's geared for them to be the ones in the ministry. Oh, I love so we that. do we we organize a lot of community events. Uh, you know, we go out and, and we have a uh, special needs baseball league that's starting up in May. We're going to go out a couple days and, and help with that. Um, you know, just do a lot of these different things to go out and just help in the community and and you know spread a little love and compassion that that Christ would want us to do. And then on the flip side of that, if we're setting it up in a biblical system, just like a reward system, you know, uh, obviously we're not saved by our works, right? but right. we will be rewarded one day right? based on those works that we perform with a pure heart. So when they go out and they bust their hind ends in the community and they're sharing the love and joy and compassion of Christ. And they're going and helping with all these different things. We raise money, we fundraise, we do all these different things. And we try to, you know, we try to take a summer day trip or whatever to Soaky mountain or the wilderness, you know, down in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area. Right. And then at the end of every year, there's always this big winter extreme conference where you have all these Christian bands and speakers. It's like a two or three day event. You know, we take them to that at the around the end of the year every year just so they can go out and, and have a good time and enjoy you know get reap the benefits of all the hard work that they've put in right throughout the year well, I love so it. so yeah that's what's been going on with that man i mean it's been a and it, it's more of a blessing to me oh for uh, sure yeah, you man. know i know i know that you've seen and probably even been a part of this mass revival that's just oh, yeah. broken out across America. Yep. Well, the same thing happened in our little county. 
Yep. You know, we had a bunch of different churches come together. And here's the the awesome part of it, dude. Like we actually missed a week's recording just because I was spending every day at this revival. Oh yeah, man. We did an entire student. It wasn't student led, but it was geared toward the students in the auditorium at our County high school. Yep. That was huge, dude. That was huge. And all these kids, I think, I think we saw approximately 130 kids surrender their life to Christ that week. Wow. Uh, performed probably 50, 60 plus baptisms there on the football field. Wow. Uh, it, it was amazing. Dude. It, it was amazing. But that Dang. really, yeah, that's wonderful. It, it really kicked it into gear for me. Like these kids being able to see them, you know, like they're hungry, man. They're hungry. And, and, you know, you would have, you would have one go up on stage and, and you know, give their testimony. Yeah. And as they're walking off, you know, away from the off of the stage of the auditorium, walking down the steps, you would have 20 or 30 kids waiting on them at the bottom of the steps to greet them, to love on them, to hug them. Yep. And dude, like that's a picture of, you know, why aren't we doing that in church? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> why when somebody goes up and gives their testimony, do we not have the whole congregation come up and, and love on them? And so the example that these kids set for me throughout this whole process, dude, it really it, <laughs> it put a fire in my belly. And no doubt. Man, it's just been it's been awesome. It's it's been a really cool thing to see these teenagers taking the gospel yep. and running with it. Yeah. It's been awesome. That is awesome, man. We you know, we're blessed. Because we live in a small community too, you know, yeah. where people don't raise a big fuss about Jesus being in school. You know what I mean? So we have prayer club, you know, so every week on Wednesday, uh, we combine, we have two lunch periods, two lunch breaks. And so if you go into our auditorium, you'll catch, you know, one of, usually one of our students leading prayer club, you know, we'll, we'll do that for, you get almost an hour long service out of it, you know, if you catch yeah. them both, you know. So yeah, it's a, that's awesome. It is. It's, it's great to see kids like that revival spirit, like you're talking about that. Re, you know, the Holy Spirit's moving here, and I, yeah. I think uh, there's a good reason for it. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, let's just go ahead and real quick get this out of the way too. The tech trouble we had when we got on here. <laughs> yeah. I know this is a major flip, but I keep seeing your camera. Like while we're talking, I'm watching your camp. Like the light goes dark and then bright again, then dark again and then bright again. Like it's wanting, to, it wants to stop so bad, but it can't because I we prayed over it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but man, it was funny because as soon as we sat down, there was like a noise or something. You had to go check out, and when you did, I muted my my mic and I was like, "All right," and I said a really quick prayer over the equipment, tech stuff, so we can't have any problems. You come back, and you're like, all right, I'm back, and I can't hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't hear anything. Uh, and that's been, you know, like we we talked about a little bit pre-recording. Dude, that's been just run-of-the-mill stuff recently for us. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of dove back into 
<laughs> I don't know if I want to get into it because we might have way more tech stuff. But we've dove back into we actually it, it's pretty ironic that we we're talking to each other today because part of this whole shadow man experience that I had, you know, when I was 17 years old, um, uh, and all the the tie-ins that's came about from that with Lance and, you know, one of the, our buddies that was affected by a lot of this, you know, they lived together for a long time. Uh, you know, this guy went through it. He, I mean, he really did. Right. And it's like this thing just made its rounds. Well, you know, again, just like, well, the ironic part about us talking today is I re-released the old interview that I did with you on here because, you know, we started talking about like the next steps, like Lance's side of this whole thing. And we had a bunch of people reaching out like, Oh man, we, I would really like to hear, you know, your experiences in a full episode one day. And I was like, Oh, well, that was, uh, it was really, really early on. And sometimes I forget that right. people don't just go back and listen to everything, you know? Right. So I was like, well, I'm just going to rebrand this thing and re-release it call it the prequel <laughs> put it out there today and uh you know it's got way more downloads just from today than it did for forever from <laughs> over a year ago yeah i love that man it, it is ironic how that's that episode of us is playing right now while we're sitting here recording our next one. Oh yeah yeah that was i, I looked back um what it was called uh i called it Paranormal PTSD. Yep. With Appalachian Intelligence. And that was March of last year, March 2nd of last year. Yeah. It's been over a year ago, man. Yeah. So over I hope everybody goes back and listens to that again, man. I hope they listen to your your release of it. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. Well, y'all go check it out on on you know, check it out on the bump podcast too, here right here with Bo, because you know, he was kind enough and gracious enough to to allow me to come on. And we'd only been podcasting at that time for shoot like three months so i fell in love with you guys like right off the bat i was like these guys these these could be my neighbors you know yeah. you are yeah we are neighbors <laughs> well that's, that's the thing too and that's me. why that's why i reached out to you early on because you know i was starting to put some feelers out here and there you know trying to get guests and i mean you know how it is when you're, oh, yeah. you're first getting started and we started with zero game plan. It was yep. just like shoot from the <laughs> hip. We'll do it as we go. Um, but you know, I heard your show early on, or actually, I'm thinking I heard you on Tenfold Hat. Maybe. And I was like, as soon as you started talking, I was like, this dude is from around here. He's from around where I am. Busted. <laughs> so. I started digging and doing a little research. I'm like, Bo Kennedy, Bump Podcast. And then I found out, you know, where you were from in Southern West Virginia. And I was like, I've got to talk to this dude. I mean, we're in the same vein here. Yeah, man. And, you know, he's he's been doing this for a minute. I'm a rookie in the game here. So I'm going to – I want to talk to him. I want to pick his brain. I want to do all these things. But same thing, dude. I, we fell in love with your show, too, very early on and decided, like, we want to surround ourselves with with Bo, with what he's doing, and you know, do this do this thing together. And it. we do, man. Like, there's been a lot of times where I've reached out to you and just been like, 
you know, looking for advice or, you know, just saying, Hey man, how's, how's it going? And vice versa, you know, you've yeah, reached out to absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I, I love keeping, keeping in touch with you guys. Cause it's always fun. You know what I mean? And I get to live vicariously through you, Justin, because you got two awesome co-hosts. Like I get to hear you all play off each other. <laughs> and one of you all pick up with the other one leaves off and somebody's always, you know, it's usually Ryan's got something real smart to say, you know what I mean? <laughs> something yeah. witty, you know? And I'm like, where, where is my, where's my Ryan and Lance at? You know? Yeah. I just, I love the dynamic you guys have developed and man, it's just, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. Um, and I, I know everybody listening to this is probably like, all right, you guys have caught up, shut up. <laughs> but, so Leave just, us alone. It's been a minute. Yeah. So just tell me, uh, I, I wrote notes, man. Let me get professional. I wrote oh, notes, and I don't remember why. I put metallic sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You told me that we did an episode with our coon hunting boys down in South Carolina. Okay. Coon hunting confidentials. Y'all go check them out, too. They're a great bunch of dudes. The guy, uh, Daniel, one of the hosts of the show, was telling me about an experience that he had out hunting one time when he heard this this big metallic sound in in the woods. Oh, we right. dropped the episode, and you commented on the the episode drop or the you know promo on Instagram, and was like, "Hey, I heard that in the woods one time too." So I was like, "Uh, well, we got to talk about it." So let's talk about it. That's it. <laughs> metallic. Okay. Yeah, mine was a little different than what they were talking about. Because I, I remember you guys, you brought up uh, m Missing 411, too. The, mm -hmm. the hunt yep. with that yep. metallic clap kind of. My metallic sound is when I worked down at Chief Logan State Park, Um, I worked, I ran the wildlife exhibit. And we had wild boars, black bears, uh, barred owl. Uh, red-tailed hawks all that kind of stuff you know all, all the local wildlife we have it live in like an outdoor zoo exhibit kind of thing okay and uh i ran that for like three years something like that i loved it but i was outside in the in the deep woods because it's it's like a mile off the main park you know it's just up in a holler yeah so it was just me and the animals back there man nothing anywhere else <laughs> um most people passed that road because they didn't know anything was up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I was up there one day, and I heard what I can only describe like a either a guardrail or like maybe a giant metal tube. It, it sounded like somebody had taken a hacksaw to it and just run, 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 run back and forth, and like a big wide teeth hacksaw just hacking away at like a metal pipe. Huh. And I thought, what in the world is that noise? And I walked around and the odd thing was, is I kind of located where the sound was coming from, but it was just this big poplar tree. It was just a big tree, man. And when I got within maybe, I don't know, 30, 45 feet of it, it stopped. But there was nowhere else for it to be coming from. And it was like echoing loud. And there, 
there's barely any electricity up there. You mean like nobody ran a, a PA system or tried to, you know, try to <laughs> right. try to prank me or anything like that. There's no internet service. So I was like, it's nobody's phones, but it definitely happened. And it happened for minutes, like long enough for me to be like, what is that? And start walking around after it, after it finally caught my attention. Cause there's all kinds of like animal noises. You know, surrounded by boars and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but something broke through the regular noise, and it caught my attention. And I was like, "Well, that's not going away. Let me go find out what that is." And it was that. It's just this weird metallic sawing kind of sound. See, that's so <clears throat> that's so strange, man. Like, it's it's weird when you have these things come up in an environment that it's not supposed to be in. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, you hear a bunch of these stories stories about these different metallic sounds and it's always metallic yeah man you always hear that but it's different versions of this metallic sound sometimes it's just like this steel trap door slamming mm -hmm. sometimes it's like this grinding uh, of gears or something now you're talking about like this hacksaw kind of sound yeah on, on a galvanized pipe or something like yeah. i mean it's and it's one of those things like I, I don't know i don't know what that is i don't know what it means you know there's all kinds of theories out there right but i mean nothing that we can really put our finger on it but we just know like i said on our show the other day you know it's one of these things you hear strange noises in the woods it's bigfoot <laughs> you hear strange noises in your home it's ghosts some kind of paranormal activity yeah, you hear strange noises in the sky. We don't know what the hell that is, but it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it, man. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's it. I don't but know. Yeah. Just you have these. That that always trips me out when you have these sounds happening in places that they just don't belong. Yeah, it just don't make sense. Yeah, and you know that that park is so full of like weird. Yeah, like, weird. I I could make a whole episode of just me talking about Chief Logan State Park, but right, uh, that would be boring for you to sit here and listen to. All that. Well, it's a state park. Yeah, so you can go ahead and check that box. Right, and it's in West Virginia, so you can go ahead and check that box. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. That's just like the Brakes Interstate Park here. You know, we have an interstate park in my hometown that runs, you know, it shares, it's shared between Hayside and Elkhorn City, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. That's why it's an interstate park. That's a good so, spot. Oh, yeah. And there's all kinds of weird that comes from that place, dude. All kinds of weird. I've yeah. been down there like, you know, caving and, and, trail hiking and you know like i've spent a lot of time at the breaks and i don't know dude it's just like even before i really got into this stuff there's just certain places that you go that it just feels a little bit off yeah i don't know it's it's yeah, elkhorn city is one of those places oh yeah for sure elkhorn city is uh well <laughs> i'm telling you man I may end up having to do this little mini documentary about the Russell Fork River. 
it runs right through it, the headwaters run from a, a place that's called big a mountain it's like right in council virginia um runs through our town of hayside runs through elkhorn city um runs all almost into pikeville kentucky oh wow but there's so many stories that come from around and along this river you know our cliff rock carvings right yes. there over, overlooking the river really uh there were there's a uh big mine explosion that happened back in the early 50s i think early 1950s that you know a dozen or so men died like it was a big huge deal that happened right along the russell fork river wow. um i've talked to to different people about you know family stories there's a there's a spot in between the breaks interstate park and elkhorn city before they put this four lane through there before they rerouted it it used to just be this old curvy windy road that called the narrows. So we always called it the narrows. It's cliff rock on one side, literally rocks falling off and crushing cars every now and yep. then and a river on the other side. Dude, so many stories I've heard from that area. I mean, everything from like old homesteaders making deals with wild hairy men. Oh, nice. To, um, a what I will call a Lilith type entity being seen, you know, three the the three toed footprints, but these yep. were more like bird feet. Yep, that's I mean, all kinds of stuff from around that area, dude. And not to mention the awesome amount of research that Nathan Isaacs and the Penny Royal Bunch put into all of their ties with Aleister Crowley in the breaks, mm. uh, you know, Jack Parsons. I don't think I've ever said this on the show. Jack Parsons had ownership stakes in a lot of the coal mines in this area. Jack Parsons went on to, to work for NASA. He was part of this whole Babylon rising thing. Right. I mean, he was a student of Crowley. Interesting. It's crazy, dude. Like that is, the more you, the more that we dig into our area, and we ain't even gotten into a whole lot of things that just me and you have talked about personally. Right. But the more you dig, man, the more that you realize there's just something about this place. There, there's something. I, I, I don't know if it's the energy of the earth. I don't know if it's the electromagnetic fields. I don't know if it's because a bunch of old gods were imprisoned underneath the mountains. Yeah, you you hit on that. And how awesome. Look, when this granny witch told you that there's old gods <laughs> under the mountains, man, you you do realize that my area is surrounded by mounds. Yep. Which are said to have giants buried in them. Yeah. You know, they, they've excavated some, some on accident, some just trying to make a flat spot, you know. <laughs> and we're talking like eight and nine footers. Those are the old gods, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely they are. Or their offspring. The uh, Yes, at least the offspring. <laughs> I mean, it's at just... At least it, the if, offspring. If you look at the world, like, 
you know, the both of us do yeah. through a biblical context, through uh, the uh, the lens of the Bible. Here we go, Genesis 6. Here we go straight to Genesis <laughs> 6. Well, we were just, just talking about how everything is Genesis 6. Awesome. But it's true, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it it's true. Yeah. Like, and the crazy thing is, like, the weird thing, when this when this granny witch was, you know, when I was talking to her and getting all this stuff from her, you know, she's a good Christian lady. Like, she's stout in her faith. Right. I mean, she really is. But you know as well as I do, a lot of the church, they don't really put any study time into Genesis 6. You know, they don't, right. they don't, well, a lot of that generation couldn't even really read. They just right. went along with Whatever what a preacher was is. telling them or what they're, yeah, that's it. That's it. So to her, for her to make these conclusions, but not based on the Bible, but based right. on life experience, that's what was so intriguing to me. Yeah. Because man. it may as well have been, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It may, have, it may as well have been somebody. I mean, I hate to, to say it in these terms, but I'm just talking about the, the way that they were looking at it. Right. It may have, it may as well have been somebody practicing the, in the occult saying that. And then in my brain, I'm saying, well, yeah, that's, that's Genesis six. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> literally, it's literally what it says. Yeah. So I don't know, man, like that's a, like that's a, a theory that I, I love. And I mean, you know, not only do I think it, that it's a, a theory, but I believe it's it's got a lot of roots, man. I think there's a lot of evidence to support that a lot of these old gods, these mm -hmm. little G gods, they operated in this area, dude. Yep. You, you have documentation. Well, not documentation, really. There wasn't a whole lot of documentation kit, but you have all the oral history and the legends from the natives. Yeah, man. Talking about all these different entities that that they worshiped and talked to you have our ancestors, you know, the Scots, Irish, the German yep. that came over. They had a belief in all of these entities and all of these different old gods. They brought them right over to here. They brought them with them. I mean, literally you look through and I talk about it all that you look back through ancient civilization a certain few of these old entities, they have a thousand different names. Yeah. But they're described and talked about and have the same characteristics all the way from ancient Sumer to today. Yep. You brought one you of look them. Look at up. every civilization. You you brought yeah, one absolutely. of them. Uh that that harpy herself, man. Yep. Look that has been brought up that is the one that is constantly being brought up around me yep that's the one that i accredit a lot of disaster to around here like in my personal life i know that we have fought each other i i know for a fact yeah that, that i've come to blows with that entity like 
it's so weird, man. And I, I'd probably lose followers. I'd probably lose friends if I say all this stuff out loud. But, uh, yeah, that the whole Lilith creature, character, demon, whatever you want to call it. I feel like that spirit is thick in our area, man. I mean, it didn't help. And that. I don't know. And, and I, and why her? Yeah. That's my, my question. Right. Because you do, you hear it everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, I've heard your take on, you know, what's happened in your personal life. Yeah, man. And dude, that's tragic. Like, yeah, I've been in prayer, like, a, a bunch for you in that situation. I appreciate because that. Man. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, man. That's, that's world shattering. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really yeah. is. I appreciate you, man. But yeah. I, I don't understand why, why her, you hear her everywhere in this area. Yeah. There's, there are whole factions of people still today that worship her. I mean, for God's sakes, Ward Heine done an entire docuseries based on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, yes, Ward, my man. I, I talk to him all the time. When we were up there at that serpent mound, the, all the symbology was happening, man. All the symbolism, like the, the owls, mm -hmm. you know, like we were hearing it while we were up there um that night bro that night um i don't know if shadow appalachia i don't know if we're still doing that or not like <laughs> i don't either <laughs> like, it kind of just went kind of quiet yeah but i know i know richie he might wake up in the morning and like his adhd kick off like mine does and he'll be like all right i'm going all in again you know <laughs> So yeah. I don't want to give too many details, but but I'll tell you this: when we were up there and we got to that serpent mound, we performed kind of like a a reclamation of the the area. Okay, um, there's a certain psalm I like to read. I like to read Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. So we recited Psalm 91 over the area. I happen to have brought some uh holy water so on the spot that looked like might have been a place for uh, sacrificial offerings we covered it with holy water uh josh covered it with a crucifix and we we left it there actually like we reclaimed that, that land in the name of christ it got weird really really weird after i got home man like three times that night i woke up with some kind of, I guess it was a spider or something, like crawling across my throat. I woke me up three times. Like every time I'd wake up and I'd grab something and I'd just throw it. Cause I mean, I just grabbed a spider. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. If my wife knew this, she's got like <laughs> paralytic fear of spiders, man. Like I, I've kept this, this is the one secret I've kept from my wife for the last six months. Three times that night, I woke up with something crawling on me and I thought, Maybe it's my beard tickling me or no. I grabbed a big fleshy body of something and slung that thing three times in the middle of the night. Woke me up. Never happened before in my life. 
Yeah. And it was just like these, it was like when it happened, you, you'll know what I'm talking about, man. Like when you feel something dark. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. It didn't feel like a bug. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not afraid of bugs. But whatever this was, it was like, I felt so vulnerable. Yeah. You know? And it was three times. And it was three times. <laughs> and I, I'm up. I, insomnia hits. There's no sleeping. Uh, it was that very next week when me and my daughter, when, when everything came to a head. Bam. Big crashing blow to my family. Yeah. Because we basically walked in there, stuck a stick in the hornet's nest, shook it around real good, and walked out like big dogs. I cannot express how serious spiritual warfare is, man. Like, absolutely. Uh, even absolutely. being prayed up, you weapons will form against you. Yep. You know, that's the thing. They will form against you. That shield of faith in Ephesians 6 that blocks the flaming arrows of the adversary. Listen to that. You're going to get shot at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like shots get fired, bro. Absolutely. Uh, and I, equate, I, I credited it all to that spirit in particular. Yeah. Um, there's tons of stuff I found like this, this room that I'm in used to be her bedroom. Um, and I just, I transferred my office after a few months when I knew that she wasn't coming back. I went ahead and I just put my, my show stuff up here. You know, this is where I come. I, I do my praying and my Bible study and which is kind of like reclaiming this place, you know, because yep. the stuff I found in this room will make your skin crawl. Oh, I bet. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been very real, been very real. And that serpent mound kicked off a lot of things, but I'll tell you this, there's more than one serpent mound up there. Um, a very good friend of mine who I could like throw a rock at his house. He, uh, he sent me pictures after I got back. He said, is this where you went? That is not where I went, Justin. That's not where I went at all. Wow. It's on the same ridge. I was just in a different spot. But he sent me pictures of another serpent mount. And you could see impressions made in this stone that they have given this one the, the head of a dragon. It, it looks more like a dragon. And uh, he said he knows a general location of where this is at. Um, He's really big into metal detecting. And he's been in that area. But the exact location, he's not 100% sure on. He knows the general spot. So we have plans of going up there and checking it out. And it's on the same mountain ridge that uh, you asked me to check out. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay? You, you go on one side of the mountain and you're in Holden. Okay, it's a little town, a little community called Holden. You go up over the mountain, come down the other side, you're in Omar. And if people listen, you know, if you if people from your show are listening to this episode right now, they've heard of they've heard you mention Omar. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they have. I don't know how how much you want to give out on on all of that, but well, uh, we can get yeah, we can get into it, man. Uh, because I well, I, I, again, it's just so everything's so weird all the time. No, All man. the time, it's so weird. And you know, like you, you were talking about spiritual warfare. You know, I think a big thing that we have to realize is that when we, just like y'all, you went up there, you reclaimed this spot for Christ, you dished out a major blow. Yeah. Well, these, and I'm just gonna keep calling them old gods because. It's what they are. They've been worshipped for forever. They're little G gods. They're yep. not the they're not the most high. And right. they are under the foot of the most high. Oh yeah. But that doesn't mean that they can't operate. All right. That doesn't mean that I mean if if you're in a war, if you're in a war, say that you're there's a revolt that breaks out in America right now. There's a civil war, but it's the people versus the government. Right. We'll say that. Well, even if the government has got their foot on the throat of the people, the people are still going to rise up. They're going to have these conflicts in different places. They're still going to win these little mini battles. Yeah, there'll be pockets. Absolutely. There'll be pockets that, that rise up and, and they win. Yeah. Well, I think that happens in spiritual warfare every day, even right. though we have faith in, in, in the one that has his foot on all of these old entities, the, these, these demons, these, whatever they are, there's still going to be pockets of upheaval and rising that they do. And who are they going to attack? Right. Well, they're going to attack the people on the front lines that are fighting in, in Christ's army. I mean, that's, that's who's going to get the blow. Yeah. Any light in the darkness is a target, man. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> absolutely. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squad Survival Gear. Their packs are. 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that uh, is more, more convenient easier to carry, less of a load on your body, and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the uh, the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23BUMP. 
Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out, squatchsurvivalgear.com, promo code 23BUMP. So, I mean, with that, like that's one thing that, uh, again, that's one thing that we have been in the middle of right now with this, this whole shadow man thing. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that this entity that I've dealt with, and I still feel like we're dealing with just on a different level. Right. He's kind of attacking in different ways now. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that this is a demonic entity. No doubt. Right. I just know that the spiritual protection that I have now he can't operate in the same capacity that he did 17 years ago when Amen. I was a dumb kid that didn't believe in anything. Right. So that's one of those things. Like, can he still operate and, and, and shoot some of these arrows? Absolutely. Is my shield going to, am I going to drop that shield every now and then and him get me right on the sh shoulder? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, there's going to be, more often than not, that shield's going to be up, and, and it's going to take the brunt of what is, they're trying to deliver. Amen. But anyway, getting into this whole Omar thing, since we're talking about all this, <clears throat> we had we had a lady reach out, and she's really big, even though her name has been said all over the place, and she actually left a comment the other day that said, uh, well, so much for – not getting my name out there <laughs> but we had a lady we had a lady reach out and start sending some information through a third party at first and this information that she was receiving and i'll just keep this pretty vague the information that she was receiving was directed toward us toward the AI guys. And it started out like, you know, just something really, I, I was sitting down researching for an upcoming episode one night and I get a message from this third party that says, Hey, uh, I, I have this, um, I have this friend and she wants me to deliver a message to you guys. And all it said was the Southwest corner of the lower 19. I was like, what the heck does that even mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. So I told this third party, I was like, dude, I don't have a clue what she's talking about. So I sit down, I keep going on about my research. And in the episode that I was researching was our Cumberland Gap Cave Monsters episode. Okay. Where we were talking about the Cumberland Gap and Lee County, Virginia. Well, I pull up a map because I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at 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 the the geography of all this stuff that's going on, what the land looks like, you know, where the stories are coming from. And I've been to this place a thousand times. I just was trying to get a a better view, you know, for my research that I was putting in. So I pull up a, the a map of the state of Virginia and I'm looking and I'm like, huh, wait a minute. Lee County's in the far southwest corner. 
So I count the counties along the bottom of the state of Virginia and either bordering or very closely bordering the lower boundary of the state of Virginia, there's 19 counties. So I was like, holy crap. She literally just sent me a message telling me what I'm researching right yep. now, real time. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, wow. all right, that's, that's weird. So, you know, all this went back through the third party a little bit. And finally, I was like, I'm just reaching out to her myself. I, I mean, I'm going to see, like, I'm an inquisitive guy. I'm a host of a podcast. Yeah. You start giving me some information. I want to find out where it's coming from, you know, what kind of person you are, what kind of heart you're doing this with. Like, I, I need to know a little about you. That's right. So I start talking to her. I'll start talking to her. You know, she's telling me, you know, how this whole thing comes about and how she does this stuff and, you know, how she doesn't want her name out there. And, you know, she's not trying to, to make any money off of anything. She just, she gets these messages and she delivers them to whoever they're supposed to be delivered to. So she starts talking about, and, and just in our conversation, I could tell that she didn't really know a lot about our adventure, you know, our, this, this whole thing that we've been in the middle of with, with, you know, trying to find the swift silver mine and, and the cliff yeah. rock carvings. So I would, I just generally asked her, I was like, okay, so if, if I asked you to locate something that I'm trying to find, would you be able to do that? She's like, well, you know, I could give it a shot. I said, okay. Now she's giving me a whole lot of information, you know, in between all of this, like a lot of, of stuff that's all panned out to this point. And then some things that she said, Hey, wait around a little while. This is going to happen. So wow. there's still some things I've got my eye out for. So I, I asked her this. Well, first she draws, you know, a couple hours, few hours go by, or it may have even been the next morning. I, I'm not real sure, but I just asked her, I said, you know, I, I'm looking for, I'm looking for something. Can you tell me where it is? So she draws a blue circle over Southwestern Virginia, pretty much. And, and Southern West Virginia and says, whatever you're looking for is, is in this vicinity. Hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, anybody that has any knowledge of the show, you know, you know, that's where we're, we're at and where we're from. Right. So I was like, well, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she's spot on there, but you know, that may have just taken a little bit of research to do. But then she says, would you want me to be more specific? You know, something like GPS coordinates. And I said, uh, yes, please. <laughs> if you can send me exact coordinates, uh, I'm down. Absolutely. So again, a few hours goes by, she does whatever she does. And she sends me back these GPS coordinates. When I first pulled them up, it shows Omar, West Virginia. And I was like, she's way off. Omar don't have anything to do with nothing. I don't know anything about Omar. Right. So it was literally like a point. I was at work. Message comes through. I see it. 
look it up real fast. And I'm like, nah, she's way off. That's nowhere near where we're looking. You know, we have some really good intel of where we think this is, where we fully believe this is. And this isn't really close. I mean, it's close, but it's not, you know, it's still a hundred miles away or whatever. Right. Well, then that's when it, I let this sit for like a couple days. You know, like the, the rest of the week plays out, you know, Saturday morning pops up or Sunday morning, something like that. And I'm like, well, all right, I need to take a look at this. Like if if she if she has this much conviction in what she does and she sends me these GPS coordinates, I need to at least look into it. So I pull up Omar on the map and I'm like, shoot, man, this is just south of my boys Bo and Josh and Richie. Like, yeah, this man. is this is right around where they are, where I grew up. So, yeah, oh, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> so. I was like, all right, I'm going to shoot Bo a message. I'm going to ask him what he knows about Omar. And then as I was typing the message to you, this thought hits me. There's no way in the world this could be close to where that, they found that serpent mound. And whenever you said, dude, it's pretty close. It's like the same general location where we went and, and found it or rediscovered that serpent mound. I was like, holy crap. And here's what she said. She said, these coordinates, they may not be the spot where what you're looking for is at. This may not be the location of what you're looking for, but it's where you need to start your journey. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I still don't really know exactly what that means. I, I, I don't know. Now, I I know based on all the research that I've done into all this thing. Uh -huh. I know that John Swift, the man, because there came a point that I was like, okay, if we're going to find this dude's mind that we fully believe that he covered up intentionally, that he hid away intentionally, that's, that's why it's never been found. If we're going to find this mine or these caches of silver that he's left, in what we believe to be a whole bunch of different places. I need to know the man. I need to be able to follow his footsteps to know what he did, what he was about. And man, when I started doing that, holy crap. Yeah, bro. So he comes over <sighs> And for a few years, he's just a pirate. He's a pirate on the coasts of the Carolinas, and, and he's doing all his different – so he had a real love for treasure early on, I'm guessing. Yeah. But Swift is a big-time name from England where he's coming from. His distant cousin, Jonathan Swift, about 100, 150 years prior, was a – pretty well-known author you may have heard of things like gulliver's travels that's jonathan swift his cousin so he's carrying around a pretty heavy name yeah well he comes over 
he's doing pirating for a while. Eventually, he sets up shop, you know, settles down in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, you have the Revolutionary War that's going on around the time that he's here. After the Revolutionary War is over, there's still some, some conflict and all this stuff going on. But mostly, it's between... The, the settlers and the natives. So John Swift joins general Braddock's militia, his army that's going to fight and try to claim land from these natives. Well, they get ambushed by the Shawnee mm. one time, almost wipes out all of, of general Braddock's regiment that he had there. Well, Swift being a super smart man that he was he surrendered really quickly all right. And said, y'all can take me as a prisoner. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So they took Swift as a prisoner. He met up a couple guys that were prisoners, you know, like slave prisoners for the Shawnee then, white men. One was named Monday and one was named Ferguson, I think. So it, it was an F, I think Ferguson. Well, these guys start telling Swift about how the Cherokee and the Shawnee they worked together and they're, they're mining this silver. The silver mine was already there. The, the natives had been mining it. He starts right. looking around and noticing these different silver ornaments and items that, that they're utilizing. So evidently, I don't know how he does it. Evidently he was just a man of, <laughs> he was a great con man, I guess. Right. He comes to be so well-liked and loved by the people that took him as prisoner that he ends up marrying a princess in the Shawnee tribe. He marries a lady by the name of Elizabeth Cornstalk. Of course. Princess Ericoma's sister. Of course. Chief Cornstalk's daughter. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, so we we know that Swift was operating in the same areas that Chief Cornstalk and Princess Aracoma, which uh, I'm pretty sure is uh, buried or was at one point right under your feet. Yes, yes, like we there. There's a community about five, ten minutes away from me right now named Aracoma. Um, the state building in downtown Logan has a tribute to Princess Aracoma because it's built on the burial site of their people. It's like they excavated the bones and shipped them off to New York. This Guyana, Guyana region, this Logan area, this is where they live. Like, this is directly where they lived. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that would have been John Swift's sister-in-law. Yeah. Old Beth probably lived right, right up the street here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you start digging into all that, and then you get GPS coordinates and say that say – well, this is where your journey should start. 
you know, this is maybe for historical reasons, maybe for this, but there's so many connections that I know that it sounds crazy to say that a treasure hunt and a rediscovered serpent mound could be connected. But I just told you that there's a very good possibility that they're connected. Yep. John Swift himself may have been at this serpent mound that you guys rediscovered with the Shawnee while they're performing whatever rituals or, or worship that they were doing at the time. Dude, it, Is it, there, there could be silver under the mound. Absolutely. It's all stacked. It it's, it's a stacked rock mound. You know what I mean? Uh, there could be a, a ledger in there. There, there could be anything. There yeah. could be a cache there that says, hey, from this area, use this map. Yeah. Uh, I think I either have or can get the coordinates that we were at exactly. Would you want those? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I'm not that, look, this is not me trying to sneak in on any of y'all stuff. No, no, no. And but, I was, I was going to offer the same thing. If you, if you tell me like, if there's a physical address that matches your coordinates, I'll go knock on doors for you. Like, well, no, this is just in the middle of it's, it's in the middle of the woods on the Ridge. That's uh, the coordinates she gave you, take you to the, a Ridge. It right. Like you have a Ridge line and then probably, I don't know, a couple hundred feet. Yeah. Between like the ridge line and there's a, a small community or not even a community, really. It's just a, I mean, our old hollow roads, our ridge roads where you got a few houses that are lining the, the street. Yeah. This place is in between the ridge line and these, this road houses all this stuff on the bottom. Okay. So probably a couple hundred feet down lower past the ridge, which is the exact same kind of location where our petroglyphs, our cliff rock carvings are that we rediscovered. Yep. So it would be the same kind of MO. Like you follow this ridge line, you hop off a of space down on the mountainside and, and you put this. And I believe, like I have theories now about our area with the, the rock carvings. I believe it was an old temple. I believe it was a legit temple. Really? So, you guys have these serpent mounds. We have found uh, what I believe was a, a temple yeah. with all these crazy carvings on it. I mean, I think, I think a lot of what we're doing, I think a lot of the research that we're putting in, I think it's all connected. Yeah, I think we're dancing here, man. <laughs> we are. Uh, we are. Let, let's exchange, even if it's off air, let's exchange GPS coordinates. Um, we'll, we'll put them up on uh, with a Google Earth or whatever and see where we're at in relation to each other. Yeah. And uh, like I said, if it, if it lands in somebody's backyard, if it lands on a rock, I know Richie's down to go with me, you know? Right. I'll grab him and my buddy. We'll head out there. We'll film it. If I have any kind of signal, I'll call you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sure. we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll uncover what we can for you, man. I yeah. want no claim. I just want to help you out. Just, <laughs> yeah. If this is your starting point, 
you know, I would I would love to help you get a start a starting spot. Yeah, well, I would to. appreciate that, and, and maybe we can even maybe we could even set it up and do it in a way like, you know, once everything slows down a little bit for us, I know it'll be a little harder for Ryan to do anything now that he's in South Carolina, but you know, maybe me and Lance can can ride up and we can yeah. all go out and look at this place because, I mean, that's the thing that it, it, we're not like you hear so many people that start talking about, or you try to gain some information about all this from, and they're just so tight lit, you know, like they're going to find it tomorrow. Yeah. Dude, I am of the vast belief that unless we all share what knowledge that we have, this is never going to be, you can't just find everything that you find individually and try to hold tight to that. Right. And expect that you're ever, that's not the way that it is. I don't, I don't think that's what this is set up for. And at this point, I mean, yeah, would it be awesome to find a bunch of silver and get rich? Duh. I mean, right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But at this point, it's more about the adventure to me, man. It's yeah, more man. about we've started this thing. And yeah, that's what we do is yeah. we try to find answers. How fun. Yeah. And you get to play Indiana Jones like, yeah. <laughs> through all this whole thing. I, I mean, love it. Yeah, man. It's yeah. but but yeah, we can definitely because again, I feel like I feel like this is all connected. I feel like that what we found in, in you know researching the journals and you know looking at the, at the history of his life and the and the places that we've found and discovered and the stories that I've heard I mean in his journals he talks about burying a cache of silver John Swift himself talks about burying a cache of silver that was 25 to 30,000 dollars worth at that time right. in the 1780s and he says that he buried it next to a peculiar looking rock a certain ways past the headwaters of what he called big sandy creek okay okay the russell fork river runs into the big sandy river yeah it probably wouldn't have been called russell fork river at the time right it took the name of the biggest river and everything that ran off of it would have been a creek yeah and he says that there was an old beech tree that him and Monday and another guy, I can't remember his name, carved their initials into and a trowel and a compass rose. And that's where it was, left it. I talked to a guy and I didn't tell anything. The only thing that we were talking about was the rock. That was right. it. None of the Swift Silver stuff, nothing about the journals, none of this stuff. I talked to a guy that built the well site that's along the same kind of hiking path to get down to this thing. And he says that in the mid-90s, he pushed over a big beech tree that had a bunch of initials on it and this weird compass-looking thing. His exact no, words. No way. Yeah. For oh absolutely, so it's like it's, it has to be there. <laughs> it has to be. So, did you go where? there? It has to be. 
I've been there several times. Um, I cannot find this this big beech tree, but there is <laughs> this gets weird again. There's a grove of new beaches uh, 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 that's toward the back of this well site, which tells me that there's been beech trees pushed over. Yep. Been covered back up when they built the pad of this well site. And now these new beech trees are growing from from that. Yeah. What's been covered up. Yeah. So in my mind, automatically, I'm thinking, well, if there was anything here to be found, it would have been found when they built this well site. I mean, they literally dug up a massive portion of the earth where this thing, where I believe this thing is. Right. But then I get a message from this same contact. And all it says is what you're looking for right now is 12 degrees Northwest. And I don't even really know what that means, but. <laughs> from what? <laughs> I don't know. Everything's so cryptic. I got to figure it all out. Oh my gosh. It's like, I'm, I'm Robert Langdon in a Dan Brown novel. <laughs> That's exactly it, man. I don't know, dude. Like, I believe that Swift left a bunch of these markers. You know, he talks about it in his journals. Like, uh, he he buried these caches. You know, the the silver operations that he went and kind of swapped from the Shawnee that was mining it. He turned right back around and was trying to hide it and and run it in different locations from these bandits who were just the Shawnee that was trying to claim back their silver. Get their they stuff back. Stole. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's all interesting. It's been a, a crazy wild ride. But just the whole Omar thing. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. Because, again, you know, early on, we talked to Josh and Richie back in November. And just in the conversations that we had with them, there were so many different tie-ins to whether it was experiences that we were having or, you know, certain things that kept coming up in our lives and all these different things. You know, we found the rock and y'all rediscovered the Serpent Mound around the same time. Yeah. You know, all these things about Chief Cornstalk come up. So, you know, we had, had all these different things going on that were kind of tying us together. But then the icing on the cake is you get GPS coordinates that say, hey, this is a spot you need to look into on the same ridge. Yeah, that's crazy. That is beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, dude. We've gotten rid, well, our, the Hill Folk community, they've gotten rid of the word synchronicities. Because yeah. Lance just doesn't like that word. Yeah. And they've replaced it with holler flags. So everything that's been going on with, with us, it's been a whole lot of holler flags. A holler flag. Uh, I, I like it. Yep. I like it. Yeah, the hellier gang, they can keep their synchronicities. We'll use holler flags. Which, speaking that's of it. those people, I think, 
Hellier's dropping a new series of something. They are, and it looks nuts. Yeah. What's that called? Um, ah, shoot. The Unbinding. The unbinding. Or... Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. How about we just go ahead and keep it bound, huh? How about how about we do that? Because last time they got good and curious, they wound up going into yeah. a cave and being the very dark force that they were searching for. You know, uh, yeah, for you sure. Know, they're like, let's go in here and maybe we'll find some people in, you know, doing an incantation or whatever. So they go in there and they do an incantation. I'm like beating the computer. Don't you see what you're doing? <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, that's exactly what they did. And yeah, uh, like I believe, I believe they may have experienced it that night and didn't even really realize it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again. Again, dude, it's, it's these old gods, and they operate in different ways. And, you know, that's what we've said a whole lot about this whole adventure that we've been on. Because there's been a whole lot of times, man, that I've literally had to sit down and be like, okay, something's leading this. I have to discern what that is. Yep. We have to discern what that is because Ryan made one of his little witty statements one day and dude, it struck home and hit me. And I was like, like I, I really had to sit down and, and do some major meditation on what he said. And he didn't even really, it was just Ryan being Ryan. Right. He said, what if all everything that's going on right now is just a ploy? What if pans leading this whole thing? And he's just leading us to a location so we can dig him out. Oh my gosh. And when he said that, and he was just goofing around. I mean, he was just, he was just joking. Yeah. But when he said it, I was like, dude, holy crap. Like, uh, time to what stop. if? What if? Yeah. You know, what if is, this is some kind of initiation that, you know, we're being led by, because, dude, there has been, there's been so many times that information just pops up out of nowhere that leads us down another detour or another winding road. It may come to a dead end or something may blossom from it. And it leads to the next step and the next step. And in the middle of all that, all, all these holler flags popping up. Right. And a bunch of weird stuff starts going on simultaneously. And it's like, you know, what's leading it? Because a lot of these doors are just opening and we're stepping right through it. Right. Man, ain't so, we a mouse? So after that's one cheese. of those things like <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and the cheese ain't free. No. Well, so I don't know, dude. It's one of those things that uh you know, we're gonna stay the course and we're gonna keep doing, but it's it's all we got to tread carefully, you know. You yeah, got to make sure that that what we're doing, and I think this is what ultimately it leads to. On my end, anyway, and it goes right back to the same way that I feel about it. You know, all of this information that we've gathered, all the research, all the knowledge from it. Yeah, absolutely. We could have kept it to ourselves and and just been out searching and hunting, but the story and the adventure and the history behind it. Yeah. I think is so important 
to our area and, you know, j- just our folklore, our, our history, our legends, our all, all this different stuff that it, I feel like it needs to be shared, number one. But I feel like a bunch of people should share it together. I don't feel like this is just our adventure, our journey. And I feel like as long as what we're doing, and we're doing with the right heart, we're doing with the right kind of intentions, then, you know, if something that's not on the good spectrum right, is leading it, well, eventually they're going to shut it down or we're just going to overcome whatever it is they're trying to do. Yeah, they'll show their hand. They always yeah. do. Oh, yeah. You know? They have to. Yep. They have to. They have to ultimately part of, get what they want. Right, it's part of it. They have to show. So Yeah, man. But yeah, I like I agree with you, brother. It's it's all about the adventure. You know, you mentioned Indiana Jones. That's like if I had a fictional hero, he'd be top three. You know? Oh yeah. Conan the Barbarian, Indiana <laughs> Jones, and Daniel Boone. Those are like my my guys, you know, outside of outside of the Bible, of course. You know, it's it's those those, those guys, man. They're, it's adventure. It's all about adventure. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. And it that is, man. That that is the reward, you know. The adventure is the reward. Oh, absolutely. That, and that's what we've said a hundred thousand times. Yeah. Is if, you know, we never find, if we never find a, a penny of these caches of silver or, you know, this mine or whatever, the philanthropic journey that it's led us on, that's worth it, man. It, it. It's worth it to be able to say, Hey, I was chasing after this silver for a while and man, a lot of weird stuff happened and and all this craziness came about. And we talked to so many cool people with all of these awesome stories. You know, at the end of the day, if that's what we're left with, I'm fine with that. So be it. Absolutely. As long as it don't turn me into one of these old gray headed, you know, frazzled up men at the end of his days, like I almost had it, you know, scratching (laughs) at his beard all wired eyed. As long as it don't turn into an obsession, we're good. That's right. That's right. Hey, Justin, I, I appreciate you coming on the show today, man. I know it's almost 11 o'clock. Uh, you probably have to work in the morning. I have to get up and go to the VA for some MRIs. <laughs> so I would rather be at work. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I've absolutely loved having you on, brother. Uh it's just like talking to an old friend. I know we only met each other like a year ago and it was through Zoom and here we are again, but it's been wonderful. And I just, I wish you the very best. If there's anything I can do to help you out in any way, if it's in adventures or if it's, you know, just helping plug your show, you know, on Instagram, whatever. You know, I, I, your guys' show is probably bigger than mine on Instagram, at least right now. <laughs> you know, already you guys have taken off. I've loved it. I've I've, I've loved it. Um, but anything I can do for you, if it's just praying for you guys, let me know and I'll do it. Okay. 
Absolutely, brother. And likewise, it goes it goes the same way for us. Anything you need ever. We're just yep. a, a message or a phone call away, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, you have a good night. And uh, God bless you and your family. God bless you, brother. Talk to you later. See you, man. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, um, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless. Who is that yonder in the distance with his garment white and snow with a voice that sounds like thunder walking on the street of gold. His appearance is like lightning setting high upon his throne. Has ten thousand times ten thousand saying we finally made it home. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lamb forevermore. Praise the holy name of Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. In that city there's a river flowing from God's holy throne where the tree of life is blooming where the head has not been pulled no more tears in that bright city Death will have to flee away. No more sickness, no more heartaches in that land of perfect day. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Country seated with the saints of old, with their troubles far behind them, 
to never suffer anymore. I'm going home in the morning to that land so bright and fair to walk the streets of gold with Jesus in that sea. Glory, glory, hallelujah, praise the Lamb forevermore, praise the holy name of Jesus, bless the Lord, oh my soul, yes, bless the Lord, oh my soul. If you're personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, says it really simply, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. When I was young All the wicked Things that I'd done Then one night On my knees I prayed I asked the Lord For some better days Yes, I went to the altar. I fell down on my knees and I prayed. I asked the Lord to forgive me. Now I'm living. have a friend who had grew ill. Doctors said the only way he would make it would be God's will. He called me up one night just to say, brother, if you would, 
Better days. 